Welcome to the medicine cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, we're back. This is the second season. In the first episode, we have Ashley Jackson, Action Jackson. But yeah, great uh, harpist, great uh, musician. But on top of that, you know, she like does a lot of writing. She does a lot of composing and like just a really great person, really smart girl. Really got her head on her shoulders and she really inspires me. And uh, we interviewed her hoping that she can inspire you guys. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was a little drunk when I saying I recorded the episode and we were like uh, dealing with some timing issues. I believe it was raining that day also. But uh, we got it done, you know, but like, if you can get past through my bullshit, you can hear all the great things she has to say. But uh, yeah, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Make that podcast. All right. Hey. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are you coming? You right, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Settle down. Should we start over? No, no, we're here. We're here. All right. We're live at the medicine cabinet. Woo. Sam. I want to welcome you guys. Thank you guys for listening again. All right. Uh, today for the host, we got Lindsay. TJ. Sean. <laughs> and the main guest today we have is Lady Ashley Jackson. So a good friend of mine. Yeah, Dr. Ashley? Dr. Ashley. Dr. Dr. Jackson. <laughs> so, no, I've known him for so long, I can call her Ashley or Action Jackson, you know? But uh, yeah, yeah, what's it called? Uh, it's a track name, right? It's, right? Yeah. What's it called? Uh, Middle school track days. Yeah, what's it called? Yeah, uh, I met uh, Ashley back in the day. It was a festival in D.C. Mm-hmm. Back in the day where we both played music. She played harp, I played bass. No, we were good friends back then. Uh, like, she was cool, very fashionable, smart, respectable parents. You know, her parents came to visit. They like uh, saw a show and like uh, met our parents. Like, uh, uh, like yeah, very just prestigious people. You know, like good, uh, good to be around. Like always, I was always impressed by her shoe game today when she stepped up. Just oh, blink, just blinking on us with the shoes. Oh, they can't see. Yeah, no, they can't see on the audio. But yeah, we're not gonna kick it up right now. Mm-hmm. She's an entrepreneur, you know, and like one thing that's good about her, like I could always call on her, saying to help me out. You guys can hear that cat in the background? <laughs> that's gonna yeah. continue. <laughs> we have no control no, over that's that. That's gonna continue. <laughs> no, but yeah, she's been a good friend. Like she's always helped me out, like with essays and like little things like that. She's helped like correct papers for me. Like I always look to her for like advice and whatnot. So so it's always been a good friend to have around. And like I don't see her that often, but every time when I do see her, it's like back to normal, just a family just family shit, you know? But uh yeah, like so 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 how'd you get into music? Wow, okay. I Yeah, yeah just hop right in. I mean in. that is yeah feet first. Quite an introduction. <laughs> I um so I've been playing most of my life. I started on piano at age five. All my sisters, we all took piano lessons when we were quite young. And um, the one thing that my parents always said was that they never had to force me to practice. So um, I took piano, and then a couple of years later, I, I wanted to keep trying different instruments. So I picked up the violin. Um, and what, the... what made you like want to try to branch out to different instruments you just had that natural curiosity yeah, I or think it's, you know a child was that from like seeing different performances or like things you saw on tv people you met family members or what yeah, honestly at that age i don't remember oh you were just grasping um, yeah but All i right. think um 
born I with think it. I did, yeah, or, or rather I wanted, I was constantly looking for different ways to express sort of my interest in music, and so trying different instruments was kind of a an, an relatively easy way to, to do that, um, and just see sort of what I gravitated towards. And uh, the harp, I ended up choosing the harp because um, my first piano teacher's daughter was a harpist and taught harp Yeah. in the same house where I took piano lessons. And so uh, it was, you know, it was right in front of me. And um, eventually I had to pick one. I played all three instruments for, through the beginning of high school. Yeah. And um, I ended up choosing harp because to me it was similar to the piano, which is still one of my favorite instruments, but I could play an orchestra with other other people, so. Yeah, uh, would you say like, uh, like, uh, cause like, there's like a ton of violinists out there and like a ton of pianists out there, you know? So it sounds like more of a strategic move to me, you know what I'm saying? I would love to think that in high school I was thinking strategically, but... No, but it's dope, because you play that shit out of the fucking harp. You guys should check her out if you ever in New York City. No, for real, for real. No, you guys... I've been there. Yeah, you should check her out. It looks crazy, because, like, flakes are flying, like, she's, like, twitching her eyes and whatnot. She's going in, like, yeah, yeah. It's dope. Yeah, yeah, what's it called, uh, wait, what's it called, uh, so you so you chose the uh, the harp out of the three be uh, because you said it had bits and parts of each? Yeah, I mean, it was really similar to the piano, it has the range of a piano, and um, so I felt like I could still sort of move literally kind of across this sort of musical spectrum in the same, in a similar way. Um, but I, I did eventually notice that there were harps in orchestra, which is something that I really enjoyed about the violin. It was playing with my friends and, and making music with other people, um, especially when there's such a large force as an orchestra. There's very few feelings um, that come close to that kind of experience. So it kind of gave me the best of, of both, or what I was thinking at the time. And like you did, like uh, you did track back in. You said that you started that in middle school. Was that like also elementary thing? You know, too? I started and finished in middle school. You started there really and finished. Isn't much of a career. To All right. <laughs> no, but how'd you get the name? But how'd <laughs> you get the, the name? How'd you get the name Action Jackson? Then, like, you you must have wanted. No, I think some some high school friends. Okay, it just sounded nice. All right. Okay. Right. So, I drop it every now and then. Cause it sounds cool. <laughs> so so when did you decide like that you wanted to do music? I, um, was that like an early decision? Was that something that came out yeah, of high school? Yeah, I, I had sort of strong feelings about it, even in high school. You know, that's sort of a period of time you're applying for colleges and you're looking to kind of, you know, how can I make myself well-rounded, in quotes. And yeah. um, it really, for me, was a matter of time. I, I had to choose, actually, between uh, continuing with sports um, or just focusing on music. And it was a pretty easy decision pretty for me to make. Yeah. Right. Was it like a moment though, like uh, where you're like, all right, this is like, this is what I'm doing? Or there, kind of actually, it just occurred to me. I <clears throat> went to a pre-college program in New York City for very uh, most of middle school and high school. That's where I got my uh, pre-college training in music, and I got to play <clears throat> a solo with the smallest orchestra. It was harp, flute, and then strings. Okay. And I remember <clears throat> I was sort of studying, you know, for classes backstage, and then I went on and played. And as I was playing, or rather when I wasn't playing, I remember thinking that 
this feeling is something that I want to keep having for the rest of my life. This idea, again, of making music with people around me, like literally. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it gave me chills. And I, and I actually do think about that moment every now and, and, and then. Yeah, there's something special, like, when you're on stage and you have, like, everybody's attention and, like, uh, and when you feel good about your playing and you're, like, playing well, I'm like, yeah, it's like nothing kind of really beats that feeling, you know? And especially if it's in a good hall, like, to the sound. Yeah, I mean... Also? Just yeah. Text real quick. Yeah, to call out. Yeah. Uh, Upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That other one is... That cat, man. That cat just won't shut up. She doing this, isn't it? I just got a text. <laughs> yeah, what's it called? So, uh, so other than, like, uh, performing, you also, like, do writing, like, with, like, uh, mm -hmm. what, like, how, like, how did you bring that into your... Uh, bag of tricks, you know, like, well, like, as far as, like, because you, cause you do that, is, is that for you? Is that for for a job, or it, is that, like, a um, personal thing? Or? It's a bit of both. Um, I've always liked sort of the humanities, and so that um, helped me think about what I wanted from a college, and so that's why I went and pursued a Bachelor of Arts as opposed to focusing just on music for undergrad, and uh, and sort of why I stayed in school to go through the doctoral program because I did really like writing. I liked research and <clears throat> I liked in particular how looking at the music from a research perspective or an analytical perspective informed my playing and how my playing, the performance aspect of it, the emotional content would inform my writing. Um, like what, what were some of the things that... Uh that you kind of discovered just in that, that research period? Uh, well, uh, it was actually more, I'm thinking of sort of like assignments I had to do yeah. during my coursework um, at Juilliard in, in the doctoral program and having to really think critically about the music I was playing, yeah. um, having to articulate that clearly in, in uh, writing. Do you, you, remember, know, sort of do like you remember any of the... Uh, I guess any of the papers you wrote, or or any of any of the focuses you were doing over there. Um, a little. <laughs> <laughs> we have just a few. Yeah, there you about go. Twenty oh, pages of nice. Yeah, because I'm curious. Jackson articles. Yeah. I'm just curious More what recent. even happens over at that building. You know, especially at the doctoral level, right? It's gotta be. Crazy. It's, a, it's uh, a lot of. I spent like a lot Hogwarts. of time in the building, um, yeah. between the practice room and and the library. But that's kind of where I felt, um, ironically, at ease in a way, mm. um, reading and playing and, and writing. Uh, I, a mini project I sort of, or a performance goal I had while I was at Juilliard was to play as many of the Bach uh, French suites as I could on the different mm. recitals. And I did have an opportunity to take uh, <clears throat> a course on Bach's sort of instrumental music. It was a very general course. But I did get to kind of dive into uh, the scores themselves, the original editions, and, and also talk about the individual dance movements. And it was it's just, you know, in music, as we practice, we're constantly looking for ways to look at a, a moment in the music or in the score to from different angles. And you can do that even more when you're researching it and when you're yeah. writing about it. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's... Just one example of uh, how the two actually really kind of coincided. 
So you never mm -hmm. planned on just being a straight performer? That was never your focus? No, no, I don't, it wasn't. Um, like when you originally started playing, mm -hmm. were you like, I just want to perform? Or that was never the, the case? I mean, I guess before college and even through most of college, you it's hard to really know what the real world of music is until you're in it. What I did know was that I did have other interests um, in sort of cultural studies or, or gender studies and um, just, you know, times that artists work in and perform in. Uh, so, but I didn't really know how that could translate, I guess, in a practical sense until I kind of really got into Juilliard, into my... Uh, my dissertation writing, and and then of course when I when I graduated, I said okay, so I can kind of do a little bit of this and a bit of that. And now when you write, is that like uh, sometimes people have to do that to maintain the PhD? But you seem to write actually pretty frequently, right? A couple pieces a year. How do they come about? Are they yeah. things that people are assigning you to do, or is it ideas that you have them yourself? Is it just on your website? Do they get published? Yeah, they were initially. I uh, so I guess almost a couple of years ago, I came to the realization that I needed a website, I needed a web presence. Um, and at the time, I was actually working full-time in addition to, to playing. And so part of my thinking about the website was, well, I also want a reason to keep writing. Um, you know, when I graduated, I did sort of need a break uh, from particularly the more academic style of writing, um, because the dissertation process is one that was very intense. For me, mm -hmm. um, but, sure. but but there was it was like I know I just need a break and I will want to come back to it and so the website actually was in part for me to just start writing again, mm -hmm. um, and so it began. I was going to concerts and friends' concerts and so the first sort of few essays on the on my website are reviews, um, just you know ways for me to engage with what I was hearing and then I sort of also went back into with my old. Uh, Articles or program notes. I also did a fair amount of writing program notes uh, professionally, and just sort of like retweaking them for the website. And then um, people started to notice. And so sometimes I am asked to write articles for different websites or publications. But it's mostly, I guess, for me to share. Cool. Cool. It's dope. Yeah. yeah. Program notes are crazy. Uh, so, so what? So what's your, like hey, Sharif, what's going on? Oh, Sorry, Sharif. Sharif. Thank you, Sharif. <laughs> um, so, what do you like when you write a, one of the program notes or something? What, like, what's your favorite? What's one of your some of your favorite pieces? Like, oh gives it like a. Goodness. Like, <laughs> this is a while ago. I know. Let's bring it back. Um, I I brought back something for, on my website. Um. The WC String Quartet, mm. something that I've always admired and loved listening to. Um, and so I was excited to get to write about it because it meant that I had to really sort of dig into not just the music, but mm -hmm. um, WC himself and, and the mm. particularities, the peculiarities of that particular string quartet. And mm. so I like program notes because it's often repertoire that I don't play, mm. um, but I'm somewhat familiar with. Do you, do you find as a harp player, do you steal other rep just to, like, will you play, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much piano music you can actually play on the harp, but do you mm -hmm. just like to take pieces? Or would you would you play, like, a reduction of that WC string quartet? I, I wouldn't do that. Mm. I mean, I, when you, 
anyone who transcribes something, if, uh, a lot of us do, not just harpists, but mm-hmm. at some point, you know, we want our we want to get our hands on music that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there are many considerations uh, for things that make sense to transcribe. Right, that's just too many voices, right? Right, and, it, like it, it, and, and yeah, and the string quartet medium, it, it's for Debussy, it was about the timbre of, mm. of the individual instruments, and so it doesn't, I think it wouldn't do the music any justice mm. to sort of uh, pull that. I do like, uh, for example, you know, I mentioned the Bach French suites, which were for keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, those do t- tend to sort of translate pretty well for the instrument because the, the counterpoint is not dense, the texture isn't dense. So it on the harp it does work pretty well. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> now now apparently because we tagged you in the in the live feed and your tag is like Ashley Jackson like the athlete like. For my middle school Jackson. It keeps on following you. <laughs> All right, maybe we got some followers from that though. I could know. could you explain that uh, like because uh, I thought like your name was like Electric Lady. Cause like, cause, cause, cool. I, cause I saw that on the, cause I saw that on a flyer, you know. So I'm like, damn, she's plugging the harp in now. <laughs> throw some effects on it, throw some loops on it, something. But I, then I read it, and then it's like, nah, she's just it, playing her usual instrument. No, nah, no, well, that's cool too. But like, it, it's it's like uh, it's like other women involved too, right? Uh, yeah. So Electric Lady, um, it began as a. <clears throat> It was the title for my Vassar um, debut recital. I, I teach at Vassar. Okay. And as, a, I was, I was, ah, as I was putting that program together, I noticed that most of the works were composed by women, and it was um, not done intentionally, yeah. like the actual program. But then I, I, I sort of noticed, well, there is something to be said about that, the fact that I was kind of surprised that I even noticed, or I had that reaction that, oh, there are lots of women on this program. Yeah. And so... Um, and so it kind of grew out of that. I wanted to play sort of shorter iterations of that program in the city. And uh, then I focused the program so it featured all uh, female composers. Oh. So is that going to keep on, is that an ongoing thing? Or is that just like one show? Or? It is something that I, I do want to return to. I had a culminating uh, so, sort of full-length performance at, with Metropolis. Okay. Uh, on my birthday, May thirty first, and then I did a couple of shorter versions of it uh, this Is summer. It, that, sh- that show was on your past birthday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then I played at Bryant Park, one of their festivals, and then Brick Celebrate Brooklyn in August. I played four pieces. That's um, at Prospect Park, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, Prospect Park. So mm-hmm. yeah, I have a couple of new pieces I want to add to that. I think um, also might make for a good debut recording, but that's way down the line. Mm. You uh, wait. Do you, you you teach also too or no? I do. I've been teaching harp at Vassar. I think this is maybe my sixth year. Okay, wow. So you teach, you write, perform, curate. What else is going on? Like that is, is that's more it? than enough. <laughs> so, yeah. so 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 uh, like oh yeah, traveling? yeah well, yeah, <laughs> yeah the traveling. But like I had a quick question about the. The, the the pictures like do you design those pictures or you have a guy like look the, the photos for, your, for, for, for 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 your website do you have like a photographer or, like do you design the back like the the backgrounds like especially it's like okay so those yeah. most of those photos were taken at the Louis Armstrong house in Queens okay. I was um, through a mutual friend 
was asked to do a photo shoot. Um, the blog is called Swagger. Okay. And uh, he was very gracious enough to let me use them. You know, this is, I was still a student and wasn't even thinking. Okay. Like, oh, that yeah. Was that was dope. I could maybe use these, you know, professionally, but... Um, yeah, I thought you designed those rooms yourself. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's actually the Louis Armstrong. Actually, did it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, tight, tight. All right, no, that would be a story behind that. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. As a harp player, I had a harp player friend, and uh, <laughs> I was watching her recital, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess when her fingers started to bleed, you know, just from being a hardcore harpist but she had she just like I don't know what she did wrapped it up and kept going or she just played through it and it was just like dripping I was like this is so awesome <laughs> <laughs> do you have a story a hardcore story because you know everybody's got their stories every instrument's got like some like horrible like, do you have like any hardcore stories you're playing like a string breaks and like like what do you do you just have to pull I mean, I've been <laughs> very fortunate that it's never happened while I was in a performance this happened during a rehearsal and yes you just change the string. Yeah. Um, How long does that take? Like three hours? So no, <laughs> it depends. I mean, the, you know, the strings are, the lowest ones are super long. Sorry, so those Trevor. take a minute or two. Mm. Um, but uh, the shorter ones, you know, you can, you can do it in 30 seconds to a minute mm. if you have to. Mm. Just kind of tie it up and keep going. <laughs> keep going. How, how long does it take you to tune that thing? Like, and I'm sure it changes with the weather. Like It does. Yeah, issues. they're very sensitive to especially changes in humidity mm-hmm. so I like to have 30 minutes but it requires um, absolute quiet because I'm also kind of tuning by ear a little bit just to check uh, so for rehearsals you know if they start at 9 o'clock for me that means I'm there by 8 mm-hmm. because I need to be there before everyone else does mm-hmm. start making noise what you call uh, like who do you uh, like who do you praise like uh Cause like you're you're I'm, I'm like super proud of you like just knowing you for so long like oh. who do you, who who do you praise for your success like I know you put in a ton of work you know yourself but like who like motivates you like uh, is there I don't know what is it you know what I'm saying like um, well it's kind of maybe two possibly separate questions uh, who do I thank or who do I is, you know, is, sort of like give, um, is there a person that motivates you, or like, is there a reason? Is there, is like, is there a chip on your shoulder? Is like, what is it? Like, what keeps me going? Or, or, or yeah. what gets you to go? Like, to be, to, to be so precise, you know, and like, so exact and execute. Like, mm. uh, generally, the art form itself, I, I tell my students it. We are blessed to be able to make music. Some good cheese. That's my first piece. <laughs> Do you need to take a moment? No. <laughs> Just explain the most like, so inspirational. I'm so sorry. It's all about the cheese. He wasn't ready, so he had to eat something. No, no. All right, you ready? Now? Yeah. No, um, I told my students that uh, the, the art firm deserves time and respect uh, and care. And so I guess that is what um, largely motivates me, is a respect for the art form. And yeah, it's like a- uh, desire to just be involved in it in whatever 
form that means, whether it's playing or writing <clears throat> or, or teaching students. And um, yeah, and then I guess I have to, I often think about my parents. You mentioned them at the beginning. They, yeah. I'm, I, I'm very, very lucky that they were so open to uh, letting me <laughs> literally play yeah. uh, with music and to let me sort of keep going with it and being incredibly supportive and continuing to be incredibly supportive um, is something that I know not everybody has. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very it's fortunate in that. One thing that I hate, like, I, when I teach at, like, these uh, summer camps, you know, like, saying with, with young POCs is, like, when they come in, like, yeah, my mom is, like, when I play the violin, it's, like, I'm, like, damn, this kid ain't got no chance. <laughs> it's, like... Right, I mean, yeah, it's, right it's away, you know? you're working at home, it starts at and, home. And, 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 and it's, uh, it, it, you can't be, like, Louis Armstrong overnight, you know? Mm. It takes time, you know? It takes experiences. But uh, yeah, that's dope. That that yeah, that you had that too. You know? Are there some? Are there any things that you do? Um, I mean, within the different disciplines that you're kind of practicing on, mm -hmm. anything you do on a daily basis? I practice. Uh, like within, like let's say one of them being writing. Uh, is there something that you do every day, just in the writing category? Do you, do you like hone the craft somewhere? Hmm. I mean, the writing. I'm. I perhaps maybe less disciplined in that sense, but I, I do... You take notes or anything like that? Or? I do. I do often take notes. Um, I also, I, I spend a lot of time thinking. Okay. Um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of thing. <laughs> Conscious thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my, would, you consider, <laughs> would you consider yourself a dreamer? I mean... Relative, relative. <laughs> but like you know, do you just sit there like literally like with a glass of wine in the book and just look at the stars like that kind of thing? Oh, I wish it were that romantic. Because <laughs> it's a dangerous, right? Because it's like the same thing as saying like, oh, like obviously you're very accomplished. But to someone who like let's say me, that sounds like I think a lot. If I say that, people say like, oh, well, you're just a musician who daydreams. Right, which is different than uh, someone who's really doing work, who thinks a lot, right, who has these four practices that you're doing. So I'm curious what you do to kind of grow these things in order to make the things that you've produced in your life, you hmm. know, and made these accomplishments, um, as opposed to just thinking and maybe not, not necessarily going into any sort of outcome. Mm. Well, I, I, I mean, I keep at it, mm. I guess, and I... Um, I'm a morning person, so yeah. I get up pretty early. What's early? Yeah. Well, I like to get up at seven. Ow! That's a good one. I, I, and I mean, that. it's, it's that's, early, that's but, cat not, time. but not that's super cat time. early. <laughs> yeah, that's not super super. <laughs> right, right, yeah. People get up much earlier than that. Um, and actually, I usually reserve that time between about uh, 7.30 when I'm, when I'm really up um, to 10, if I can, if I don't have any rehearsals. To well, at first I catch up on emails, but then I will do my writing or things during that time because okay. my mind is freshest. Yeah. Um, and then I practice. That's that, that's funny. Like I'll wake up and I'll just start tweeting <laughs> and like Instagram posting and liking pictures. For uh, even Donald Trump. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first thing in the morning. No, he's a nighttime type of yeah, guy. Yeah, I think he yeah. might be a. Oh, 
falling well, asleep, well, Twitter. I'm a morning type of guy. She was going on in the morning. We get a swimming. Yeah. It's a, it, it involves writing also, I'm just saying, the parallels. What uh? What do you do? <laughs> any any things you do uh, musically that you're practicing every day, uh, or uh, on a consistent basis? I mean, I'm always uh, <clears throat> sort of um, bound to, but that sounds negative. But I am bound to what's coming up for me. Right. So. Um, what are you working is, on? That's what I practice. Yeah, I. It's good. Actually, I've I had an intense past couple of weeks at three concerts in in a week, and so now I have a little bit of a lull in terms of I don't have any rehearsals or concerts mm-hmm. coming up for the next couple of weeks. So I'm looking ahead. I have uh, a big chamber music program that I'm presenting twice in the city. The first time in December, and then in uh, February, and it's my impressionist program that I sort of stayed away from, but. I've always wanted to do so, like the music of the French Impressionists, and so I'm. Like who? Who are some of those? Who are, who are some of the people in the program? Yeah, so composers? it's it's um, largely based on actually transcriptions um, of piano works by uh, Ravel and Debussy. Mm. So the program starts with an arrangement by Carlos Salzedo, who was a harpist mm. of Debussy's Children's Corner, which I actually played on piano. So it's it has a nice sort of nostalgic yeah. uh, tug for me, right. uh, and it's arranged for flute, uh, cello, and harp, and then on the end of the program is uh, also Salzedo's arrangement of Ravel's sonatine okay. for piano um, for the same instrumentation, and then um, another large work on the program is by uh, Damas, who is actually a con- more contemporary French composer, um, his sonata for flute and harp. I haven't heard of him, can, can you tell me anything about him? Um, I have no clue who that. I can't. I can't is. tell you much about him bi- biographically, but yeah. uh, the music. What's his music like? Some yeah. people say it's a little bit cheesy. It, it kind of has a. Why so? The harmonies that are used, it's kind of repetitive, but mm. um, extremely virtuosic on mm. the harp. I mean, that's you know, some, you, sometimes you play his music with flautas he often wrote for that combination, and the flute has like nothing to do. Great. And we're just going away so it's actually for me i like being very busy so you got a lot so what, what in order to prepare because i i mean i know in terms of french impressionistic music yeah. there are a lot of notes it kind of depends on no matter which instrument you're playing you're playing a lot of notes um what are you doing to uh kind of prepare for this it's in a couple weeks you know i assume it's like it sounds like you got big big things on the program yeah um, yeah and um the first performance isn't until december oh okay so for me for, uh, when I say big concerts, I mean either solo programs yeah. or full-length chamber programs oh, okay. where I'm playing everything. And I like to have three months yeah. um, to start. Uh, some of the pieces I've played before. Is that pretty typical when you when you think of like a program and you're like, okay, I've got this date and there's going to be this recital or this concert. I need like three months of like camp time, you know, or... or sort of. I have, to get, in, I have to get started. Yeah. I have to start putting a lot of the, the notes in my... Yeah, in my well, fingers because I know that things come up you know I'm a yeah. freelancer so it's it's also to give me a little bit of a cushion so that I'm really right. not uh, super frazzled that way you know you can comfortably make that goal or yeah I also want to do a good are. job I, I, I really like the program it's just yeah. one harp usually too so <laughs> right like, right, like, there's no one else to you're exposed you and know? chamber music yeah. it's, it, that's, that, that's the largest it's the trio Right. Configuration. Um, I might do a harp solo on one of the programs. I haven't decided yet. Like, like, like piano, too? like piano, harp, and something else. Or? No, no, it's the flute, uh, cello, oh, okay. uh, harp. Cool. I'm very exposed. Nice, nice. 
Hey, what's going on, Haas? Yeah, Haas, go say what's up to the camera, man. Oh. Now, come on, you gotta stand inside. Oh, nice t shirt, shout out to South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah come on, <laughs> get your head in there, man. Say what's up. What's up? Yeah, you're not even in there. And there he goes. What's up? So, we're at the Lawrence right now, you know how it goes down. But, uh, yeah, yeah, dope, dope. Uh, what's it called? What's I gonna ask you next? Uh, yeah, the, 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 you, you just came from Portugal, right? Yeah, that was, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. So, 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 like, uh, so, like, what, that was just this summer? Like, where, where else did you go this summer? Anywhere else out of the country? Or? I did, I, um, had, uh, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot of, uh, the year was pretty intense. A lot of really great concerts and, um, various what, other, what, what, so I really the, wanted to go away. So I went to Paris. Okay. Uh, for six days. Is Paris really all the shit like that? Is it? It, it, it is. You really? know, so you go to these places. Because you just hate it. <laughs> no, um, I was kind of the same. Yeah. Like, you know, we're New Yorkers. We're like, okay, really? Is no. there another city that's I'm supposed a to Central that? America type no, of no, dude. The croissants, bro, just straight it's, up uh, alone. Croissants. Croissants, they just... I like my dollar to go far, you know. Like, oh, it's not gonna go farther over there at all. No, yeah, it's not about I like Central America, but explain to me. All right, so you said Paris is your favorite. No, it wasn't. It wasn't was my favorite, but it it was definitely up there. And I um, top five. Yeah. Oh. It is actually a <laughs> magical city. Beautiful. I mean, I also was going uh, thinking a little bit actually about this program um, that I'm doing because I wanted to sort of immerse myself in uh, the thing about the Impressionism it was so wrapped up in French nationalism mm -hmm. um, at the turn of the century so I I really wanted to go to Musée d'Orsay and I had a chance to go to this you, you went to the Impressionist Museum? yeah what would you think? I mean it was, it was great yeah I don't know I, it, um, I liked it because it wasn't as crowded mm -hmm. as the Louvre um, and so it was comfortable to walk around and um Pretty remarkable to see the actual paintings of, you know, some of the world's most famous painters. Right. Um, I remember going there just a year so far away, and it just looks amazing. Like, it is, a lot, and it then is you, spectacular. Yeah. You will get close, it looks like something, and you go far away, and yeah. then you can look at it from one side, and it, it, it is quite stunning. And um, so, yeah, I had a good time in Paris. That was awesome. Yeah, Patty. What's your favorite food out there in Paris? The wine. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> now, I heard they got some good cheese on wine. The wine was good. Cappuccinos were good. Oh, yeah. And then croissants were good. Croissants were good. For a few days, we did stay. We were going to go to different bakeries. I was there with a friend. Just to compare. You can get a really cheap baguette and just eat that all day. Yeah, that's very true. Super fresh. Wet flour, though. Right. So I had to pace myself. That's um, yeah, and then I, do we need to wait for him to go? I don't know what he's doing. Do some refrigerator sound is getting a little fucking microphone. Sorry. That's all right. Proceed. We live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. uh, and then I had a couple more concerts in the city, and then I took a longer holiday, and I started in Iceland for five days. Mm. Um, that trip was booked more in advance, and really what I was just looking for two weeks off. Um, so I booked a round trip flight to Iceland without really knowing my itinerary beyond that. So I had a friend come with me. She's like, I've always wanted to see Iceland. I'm like, cool, so we'll do it together. Um, and I actually have a harpist friend who was at Brevard 
She was a hard teacher there at the time. Oh, she now lives no. in Lincoln. Enough about Paris. Where else have you been? I've been talking about Iceland. My bad. I was only plugging the refrigerator. So Iceland was better than Paris? I, it, it, it's like. Just say it was better very than different. Paris. Extremely different. I mean, One is very urban, right? The other is more the landscapes. Right. Hiking and taking crazy photos. Waterfalls. Right? They don't They don't like anything. Mm. Um, yeah, so, uh, and I got to see the Northern Lights, which actually it wasn't even the time of year to, to see them well, typically, but we got really lucky. It's like um, so crazy. So, that was kind of sick. And then I decided to go to Lisbon. Because what were they like, the Northern Lights? Ah, uh, wow, okay, so we, we had to, we drove out of the city a little bit, out of Reykjavik, um, uh, a friend of mine and then a local friend who we had met and then some other tourists, and, uh, it's lights dancing in the sky. It's crazy. Yeah. That sounds really beautiful. <laughs> and you, I'm sold. Did you play your harp out there? You just start going <laughs> in with some impressions them? Yeah, I had sort of, I didn't know what to expect. Again, you're not even sure if you're going, what you're going to see. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if you're going to see them, if you're there at the right time. And we just got really lucky. And yeah, it, it's literally just lights moving around it's like, in the dark, uh, which is pretty sick. So what was, what was your yeah. favorite food in Iceland? Because I have no idea what fish. to eat. Uh, right, lots of <laughs> fish. Um, we ended up doing a lot of cooking. Reykjavik is actually a very expensive city, so we mm. ended up, my friend and I ended up cooking a lot mm -hmm. in our Airbnb. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but speaking of food, I was much happier in Lisbon. Yes. Uh, yes. The food, the wine, the people, the city itself, the way it looks and feels, it's stunning. Did you go to museums in Lisbon? or? I didn't. I actually, I... For me, vacation, I like to be a beach. That's like, mm. so that's also kind of partly why I chose Lisbon because I'd, I'd never been there before and they have beaches. Mm -hmm. And so um, most days I would go to a different beach. Uh, I did go up to Sintra, which is a city outside of Lisbon. It's mm -hmm. got these four different castles and it's like literally, it's a city in the mountains, uh, which that's is the nicest. And also uh, architecturally stunning. Um, yeah, and then I, I ended up spending quite a bit of time in Lisbon, so I started to make friends, and the people are very friendly, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to my next trip. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, where where do you think that you would love to go you've never been? Is there any specific city in the world you're like, man, I really need to go here? Uh, Cuba's next on my list, mm -hmm. Havana. Uh, I have my eye on some flights after Christmas, but you know, freelancing, you have to kind of wait and see mm -hmm. when gigs happen. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely high on my list. Mm. But, so when you, when you, when you, let's say you get called to do a show out of the country, I mean, obviously you don't really take your harp, right? You... No, actually, I haven't. I had a one season where I was playing um, out of the country, like. At different times, and you're always using harps that are already there, mm -hmm. um, either with the hall or, or sometimes I, I was a guest with the guitar philharmonic, for example, and so I was using their 
uh, instrument. So I'm never, I can't bring my own. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a hassle. It's a hassle. And it's a hassle, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to take care of some sound issues. But, uh, no, 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 no. Sound man is back. No, no, no. Yes, everything's all good. Man. Recording at the Lawrence. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But uh, what's it called? Uh, so what? What? What is like? Uh, like uh, I know you love the end product, you know. But like, wh- like what's the the struggles? What's the hard part? What like? Saying is the, uh, uh, about your career path that you would say like, besides like I guess the booking or finding the gigs or like anything else that stresses you out like about the process. But like even though there's stress, we overcome it because we love what we do. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm asking you about those things. You know. Sure. I mean, um, <clears throat> I. Um... You know, one thing that's difficult, that I find difficult for me, is that because I do have sort of multiple interests, that you know, if I pursued one of them, could take up all of my time. Uh, so it's, and also because they're my own interests, and so I'm not always quite sure where to look um, as a model. So I guess what's hard is, or stressful, is that I, I am charting my own Sort of, I'm making my own career. Mm-hmm. Do you feel empowered by that? I do, but it's also daunting, um, because sometimes I'm not quite sure what I. Because of benefits, is what that I what it is? Sh- what do you mean? Like uh, as far as like health benefits and stuff like what? that. Well, that's a Where you're going sounds issue. more philosophical. Like, yeah, I guess I mean like, like you know, I want to write a book. I make a recording. I mean, these are two hefty things. Which one do I decide to do first? Which one might have the better payoff? So just kind of determining what my next step should be. Um, what do you think it should be? Quite stressful. Mm. Mm. Drop a book, <laughs> recording CD, book. album. Being on this podcast. Change the game. Being on this podcast, That's my next step. <laughs> What do you think is more likely? You later. What's more likely you think you would accomplish first, the recording or the book? Probably the recording. I mean, a book can take yeah. decades. Mm. What kind of what would it be on? It would be on my dissertation research. So, nice. <clears throat> a biography well, of Margaret Bonds, who was a composer that I looked at mm. um, for my for my dissertation. Why, uh, as the idiot in the room, why why is she important? I don't know who this woman yeah, is. Yeah, no, it's I discovered her mm-hmm. at Juilliard. She's primarily known. At, uh, for her vocal works, and so uh, people who know her know her because of her writing for the voice, and in particular uh, her spiritual arrangements. That okay. were, um, she wrote them for Jesse Norman and Maintain Price, and so famous singers have sung her spiritual arrangements. I I was drawn to her work really because of her story. She was from Chicago, and she lived. And then she moved to Harlem, and she met Langston Hughes, kind of after the Harlem Renaissance, uh, uh, proper. And but she stayed here until the 1960s, pretty much until his death. And they they were really really good friends, and there are hundreds of letters between the two of them. So I was fascinated by the time that she lived in, the people mm-hmm. she associated herself with, 
Uh, she was really kind of a woman of Harlem after the Harlem Renaissance and during sort of the early years of the Civil Rights Movement. So it's like 60s, 50s, 60s? Uh, 40. She moved 40. to New York in 39 and stayed oh. here until 1967, I believe. I mean, that's the year that Langston Hughes died and she moved to Los Angeles shortly after. Mm. Um, and uh, she stayed in Los Angeles for a few years until her death. And uh, what made you, I mean, she obviously sounds like a very, very interesting woman, but what really drew you to make that your dissertation? Um, I, like which, which thing in particular was like, I, I can't not do this person, you know, mm -hmm. to, to where it's going to be your life's work. Yeah, I, you know? I, um, she sounded like a lot of fun. Uh, from the letters okay. that I got to read. Uh, she was somebody who really believed in the possibility for music to make uh, statements about the world, the country, the, the, what was happening at the time. Uh, a lot of her music draws from jazz or sort of other black musical idioms and that was something that was very important to her because she mm. felt that she could use her art to um, change the, the way that, you know, greater America thought about African-Americans at the time. So I was drawn to that sort of her mission, uh, mm. that she composed with a mission. Mm. Um, and so I, I said to myself, well, I'm going to spend two, three years with somebody or a piece of music. I want to be somebody that I want to keep knowing more and more about, and that maybe somebody I would. I wish I'd known someday. Nice. Uh, so, I just I stumbled upon her biography, and are there any famous like works that maybe I, we would know of hers that that because I don't know the name at all. But right, I'm, yeah, she's not she's not well known. Um, like I said, outside of of vocal circles, yeah. and even within that, it's kind of a niche. Um, most of her music isn't published. Oh, okay, but she was around the she was around those players and writers in New York during the Renaissance. Yes, and Langston Hughes was somebody that she. How did you with. Like, how did you stumble across her? I I was trying to pick a topic, and so I remembered um, we were introduced to a sort of works list of um, music by black female, piano music by black female composers during my first year at Juilliard, and I just had never seen the sort of research. Uh, music by black composers is something that I you don't really normally get to lost history. or see in most uh, who are some of the um, like or, or like when you go to the, the section in Juilliard mm -hmm. and it says like is it like a, is it like a section how did, what, no, what does it, that it look it was, like it was part of um, it was it's in the sort of research area of the oh okay sort of, yeah, um, yeah that's what I was thinking I was like well it's like crazy. the dictionaries <laughs> encyclopedias the works list and so it was in my music research and reference class that we yeah. would all have to take she was just showing us sort of different types of uh, works lists yeah yeah and so um, I remembered that kind of so this is like used as an example of like where you could find something when you're researching and you yeah. were like oh this person seems like somebody I want to research more sort of I, I then I after my coursework I just sort of I remembered I, I, I'm pretty sure she was the um, editor of that collection um, and so I uh, looked up some articles or books that she had written uh, Helen Walker Hill she's a well-known musicologist uh, and I read her, she has a book called From Spirituals to Symphonies, and she profiles, I believe it's eight, eight to ten different black female composers, and so I read it from uh, cover to cover, 
and I was most drawn to Margaret Bonds' story. The time, again, the period in history that she lived in, her connection with Langston Hughes, it was also feasible because I had access to the work that I wanted to focus on just in that one. Well, so it was also practical considerations, yeah. but... Yeah. So your dissertation was like a uh, biography of her life, or Yeah, I presented a biography of her, um, and then I, I also talked about uh, what I called the... Um, me solely, but what I... In that particular... For that reason, I called the New Negro Movement. So sort of what was happening, I guess, in, in an intellectual level. Yeah. Um, Let's go there. With... Um, African-Americans after emancipation uh, sort of through the civil rights movement and so sort of redefining the Negro mm. um, in terms of uh, economy which was sort of um, sort of Booker T. Washington and sort of getting out there to work and be self-sufficient and then you have the Harlem Renaissance as blacks as artists right. um, making statements through art um, challenging the status quo and then you, you come to the civil rights movement where citizenship is really kind of questioned mm. so then I, I sort of talked about that because she did live through those various periods um, and and then I analyzed uh, one of her larger works that she had written with Langston Hughes so the two of them actually worked together on it mm. he provided the text uh, she wrote the music and what it was, was called the... the Ballad of the Brown King and it was proposed first in 1954, and then she uh, kind of set it aside, worked on it some more. Um, and then there's a new version in 1960 in which it's dedicated to Martin Luther King Jr. And so over the course of the six years, uh, there's a history that happens. You see a composer who wants to really kind of make a statement as, as a composer, so she orchestrated it. Mm -hmm. um, to her orchestration was um, very important, you know, sort of, I'm going to make myself a name by orchestrating this piece. Um, but you also have the, um, the social context in which it was written, how it changed, how mm -hmm. it changes from 1954 to 1960. And then I do an analysis. So, but it, and that's something that you're putting together. That's your reflection. That's not something that you would have found in research that that piece of I mean, I sort of, I take it from, from her, from her letters. Statements that she had made about the piece. But you're yeah. the first one making these connections. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to point yeah. this out. That's, Not, that's incredible. Perhaps. I perhaps. think, I think yeah. it's very honorable that you chose her, you know, because a lot of history gets lost, you know. Mm -hmm. See, a lot, a lot of history, a lot of people get lost in history, you know, and like, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know. Say he was talking about dummy in the room. I didn't know shit either. You know what I'm saying? What I mean, I didn't know either. And that makes, <laughs> I was like, that's why, like, that's why I, I wanted to it. take the heat. I always like to be the dummy in the room <laughs> to be is, the no one everyone's. But this is what's interesting yeah, about yeah, biographical yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that you read her biography, but is she somebody that's been written about a lot? No, and I guess when I say biography, the the book that I was referring to is from Spirituals to Symphonies. Um, they're sort of spirituals. Is it from from Spirituals to Symphonies is a book by Helen Walker Hill. She takes each composer. Writes so several pages about yeah. uh, their life, and then she looks at two or three works in some level of detail. I mean, it's really as a yeah. survey. So, but you would be writing the biography, presumably. So you'd yeah. be the first person. So this is not somebody that most people know about at all right now, to to the extent right. that you do. You, you're the one that has that. Yeah. I mean, there have been other dissertations it, about her, her vocal works. Um, it's, it's it's crazy now that I just think about it right here. Like uh, the last episode <laughs> we had. Uh, 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 we had Rootstock Republic. Uh, mm -hmm. You are the first uh, female by herself saying Juliet was part 
saying partnered with Jarvis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, and we gotta represent that. You, it's a damn shame I did that. But you are the first female. I'm, 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 like I should have had a female. Is that a lady? Is females the wrong word? Am I saying it wrong? Woman. I'm on Prince. Are you saying it wrong? I'm waiting for the next part of this. <laughs> That's our looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's the right thing to say? Woman. Woman? I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to disrespect no I think lady is cool. Lady, female. Lady. Hey, lady. That's, also, that's technically you, right. You, you're the first soul. No, you're the first. Julia was the first lady. You're the first old lady. But like, I'm starting. But I'm thinking about my past too. And like, the people that advocate for like Black history and for like Black people, it's always been women. And like, I can only think of one hmm. guy, or, uh, or I can think of a couple guys off the top of my head. But like, I can think of a gang of Black women. <laughs> They have started like well, that. Black women basically that that start, that, that, that started their companies, mm-hmm. and like uh, and like uh, yeah, doing their like doing their thing for the people. But like, uh, do you feel that as your responsibility, or do you just naturally fall into that, or, or, or like how, like because like because like for instance, I walk down the streets because I question all the time because I show up at work sometimes like damn, why the fuck am I here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to be here? You know, and then, and then, and, but like when I walk out, saying I'm living in, because I used to live on 147th Street mm-hmm. in Harlem, yeah, Broadway, Amsterdam. Nah, 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 nah. There's some history on that block, but uh, but uh, to call uh, I will walk out and like uh, cause like a lot of the parts of around uh that that area is like gentrified, but that one block just stays like infested, you know. But I would walk out with my tux. <laughs> nah, there's, a, there's a lot of like drug <laughs> activity on that, like on that one block. Description. All right. So, okay. like, so you walk I, out with your tux. I would walk out yeah. with the tux in the base, and like people would be like, "Yeah, like right on!" Like when they see you, whatnot. People say that about bass players in general. I've noticed that. No, you're rocking an upright bass. Yeah, dude. But, 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 but it's but it's it's, a tu- it's the tuxedo thing yeah, that they com- that they comment on, like oh. Like they give you all that, you know, and I know what they're talking about because they don't, they don't see it too often. Like and like, uh, and, and I feel like they're 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 proud of me, you know. And like uh, and like, uh, said this last episode, saying my student's father said, yeah, but like he said, his son only knows about a black president because because he said his mother wouldn't tell him he could be a black president. He said he could never believe it, but his son. All he knows is a black president and me as mm-hmm. his uh so I felt like a sense of responsibility mm-hmm. as a black mm-hmm. classical musician to keep to keep going and, and, and like to try and do my best at all times like uh where, where, like do you have any of that also or yeah I mean it I my family one of many values um, one of them was you always have to be, you know, several times better uh, than the rest <laughs> to be considered uh, equal. Yeah, I still got this shit. They won't go talk about that So, I mean, I, actually, I'm, I forget who asked this or what motivates you. I guess I, I grew up with that. That um, my, my, my first bass teacher was a, was, a, was a woman, not a female, a woman. Thank you. <laughs> no, but, no, no, no. But she was. She told me like, yo, Chris. Yeah, she was like some crazy shit. She's like, Chris, you got big lips and you're black. 
and I'm a woman. And like, if we're gonna do well in this bass player classical game, we gotta be twice as good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember looking in the mirror like, "Am I listening to that?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I do think <laughs> she was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Yo, you don't ask this. Medicine cabinet. Cabinet. I asked the question. Yeah, but you. I know, but I do, because we're performers, uh, I, I feel like I sort of dabbled in it in some essay from some time ago. But I think that at some point, all artists of color are confronted with. Um, the possibility of having responsibility because of our visibility. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, say that again? That was dope. Are you, are you referencing that now? Yeah. How I told you, Ashley should have been a rapper. Let's put a Action Jackson, you already have a name. No, no, say, no, say it again, like, that, 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 that verse. So it ended with visibility. Yes, um, because artists... <clears throat> I can't say it again, but... Um, <laughs> What we do is is visible. That at some point, all artists of color will be confronted with this idea of having some kind of responsibility, whether they decide to sort of take it or not. That's a personal yeah. So so uh, check. choice and um, check. what what you do with that so, obviously manifests in can manifest in many many different ways. Yeah, this this, this is about to like. You don't. You don't really even answer or even respond to what I'm about to say, but like, uh, but uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, not, not, not because like I was thinking earlier, saying about uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, yeah, black musicians, you know, classical musicians especially, mm-hmm. you know, and like uh, to feel completely comfortable because like I love playing classical music, you know, but I never feel completely comfortable. And I remember a time, you know, saying like uh, when even trying to find a, a, a mate, you know, mm. and like uh, and like I, I remember specifically telling myself that like uh, I need to find somebody that's gonna understand this orchestra lifestyle that I'm in, you know, mm-hmm. and like uh, so that would like ex- like I, I would like exclude like. A lot of uh, black women, you know, saying hmm. from the jump, you know, and like uh, in my subconscious, you know, saying from 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 the influences of my surroundings, you know, and yeah. and, and, and like uh, and when I think about it, saying out of all the classical musicians that I know, I only know two black couples, like married, you know, hmm. only two, and I'm what you mean in which they're both musicians, both classical musicians, yeah. or even or even like a classical musician. All right, maybe like five. You saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, you saying? <laughs> two, two, two to five. Two hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, two to five is not that like. Right, I'm still, still a very. Yeah, small you know what I'm saying? Like, two yeah. to five. You know what I'm saying? I'm thirty three. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, and like, uh, what? Like, uh, why, why do you that? think? Why is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I tell myself the reason I thought that because. Of what I just said, because I, I needed to find somebody that's gonna understand, understand, like, uh, yeah. Hmm. I, these are the big questions. Right. No, I am working on something actually about black love. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black love. But that's, in, ooh, but in, this will be the cut be, right be, 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 because, because I'm intentionally actually not going to say much more than that because I don't think uh, I do. And I do want to publish it, but not under my name. So, but to I guess okay. Oh, check it. Uh, all right, but like, all right, but, okay. but to sort of answer your question, wait, wait, so, so, so sort of or like ref- or rather reflect on your mm-hmm. what you just said. I, yes, I, it's like who I, do you choose to be with? I can go deeper for a quick second before you go in. Okay, if take it there. Yeah, I'm so sorry. No, lo, okay. lo siento, but uh, it's a call. Like, like for instance, like uh, I told myself, saying I need to like find like a, uh, like uh, a white or Asian chick, you know, because that's who plays in the orchestra. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. they're gonna understand, you know. And then I dated a uh, fucking. Saying two, 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 two black women like back to back, and then my, my, my skin cleared up, my hair got all full and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they listened to similar music and they understood why I wanted to take the train, wow. not wanted to you take the train. Same I'm just telling you what I'm just telling you what happened. I'm telling you what happened. In my life, but at the same time, saying I'm not saying those two relationships had worked out either. But but I'm saying like uh, there was a there's different comforts within each. You know, what I'm saying that I found. I'm not saying one is better than the other. Not saying I still believe in love. You know, what I'm saying like saying you 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 your genitals know who you want. You know, what I'm saying like. Nah, you see you see the foundation I'm putting out is there any comments you can put on top of it? You know what I'm saying? Like You bleed out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so so like before I cut you off, what were you saying? You know what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> Well what I was going to say actually doesn't really work within the context of the rest what, of what you just said. Okay, but, go but um, yeah, I mean, you. Who do you spend most of your time with? There are so few of us in these classical orchestras in classical music. So, uh, and yes, yeah, so you're you are concerned about somebody who understands me, but, but, and that's a very individual, personal. You have individual or rather personal answers to that question. So if you, so I don't know how to say this, but rather at some point you might decide that what I need, what feeds my soul is somebody who understands this part of my identity as opposed to something else. Um, and that changes, I, or at least has oh, somewhat yeah. changed same for me here. over time. Mm-hmm. Um, same here, I said same, same, same. but. You but, know, like someone who gets me as a musician, but who I am as a musician is has become so closely tied to who I my identity as I'm I just saying as I, 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 I sort I, of I, I, yeah. or rather how I'm how I identify and how I'm identified. So um, then finding somebody who gets me on that level. Are there things, let's say, outside? Because you mentioned you have a ton of like the the four things. What were they? Was, was writing. Um, curating, curating, performing, performing and teaching. Was, well, teaching. That was another thing. Yeah. So I mean, those seem all within fashion. Within, well, but there's also within an music, social justice. Track. That's probably a pillar, right? <laughs> middle school. <laughs> that it seems like social justice is one of the pillars as well. I mean, you were you were when you were talking about the liberal the liberal arts classes at Yale, you were talking about things like mm. 
you know, gender studies and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, other things yeah, like that. That's certainly classes I was drawn to. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes through. That comes through in the in your approach with um with your essays with your writing. Um, were, yeah, my question was, um, you know, since you're doing those four things and you've kind of got a, a an outlet to do those those things, are there things that you're working on, I guess, outside of music that also really affect your decision for, I guess, if music is really becoming a part of the way that you make up your identity and the way that people perceive your identity, are there things out that you're interested in outside of music that also add to your identity? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess as I mentioned, you know, we're, I don't know, we're all in our 30s, but yeah. I am. So, so okay. think about, you do. 30 something? I'm, I'm a 20-something, actually, so I don't know exactly oh, oh, what so, it's oh, like. Oh, okay, okay, so this is for you. you and Chris, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> But you, you got some thirty you got some thirty something things you're doing so you, you know some grown some shit <laughs> Travel <laughs> Travel Legacy uh, Paying bills. No Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So you, you you got you got you got like a job, you got like uh <laughs> no. you know you <laughs> No but I yeah, to answer your question, I I am I am thinking about what I'm doing in a larger context, in mm. a further sort of down the line way. Yeah. You know. So you want kids? Whoa! 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 And loved ones too. So what do you mean you're starting to like pick and choose and say who's really important and like really commit to those people really or what's, what do you mean by that? Or it's becoming a parent. Yeah. Or a parent. Um, <coughs> Just and, who the who the real yeah, people and like, are. Yeah, like what I'm. You know what? What are the values that matter to me uh, in like different kinds of what? relationships and. Um, okay. Do you feel like you're on a mission? Like, do you have? Do you feel like like you're saying? Uh, what was the woman you were? Margaret Bond. Right. She had, like, a clear mission, like, it seems. Do you feel that way, like, yeah, okay, I know exactly, like, what what drives me and whatnot, and... Is there a mission statement yeah, behind Jackson? Yeah. Is there a mission statement here? <laughs> Social justice, one fuck at a time. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. That was an interesting tangent. No, no, yeah. Well, we we went we went on that tangent, right? Was it at for love? Love? Did we go on a love tangent? Is oh, that talking about black love? Chris, Chris, it was Chris kind of like black, I remember black yeah. love was no. the word trigger yeah. that I, was I, so I, hilarious. Yeah, no, no, you no, threw no. up black love. No, my thing is nice phrase. The reason, no, the reason. I, I thought I, whatever gonna was come after that was gonna be gold. But I didn't know no, what was no, coming after. The, the reason I brought it up. <laughs> no, the reason I brought it up, you know, is just because. Uh, because both of us as classical musicians, you know, we both view what I, what I was saying, you know. I was wondering why you thought that was, you know. Mm -hmm. or, 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 or do you think that's a problem or or, or it's just something that is, you know? But Yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm not one to ever say it's a problem who you love. Because that's not, not my place. Not a like, not, the lack of classical, black classical musicians. I'm talking about like as far as like... Uh, Socialist? 
Interracial dating? No, no. I'm not. No, nah, I'm talking about as far as... <laughs> okay, alright. No, 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 let me explain. I'm talking about like, uh, just like, uh, yeah, just, just more kids getting into the whole clap. Inspiring well, I, I, other black people to play. Not, well, well, it's not even like I guess black kids. I guess it's just America because listen to your other interview today. It's just like I guess classical music in like Europe compared to America. It's just, oh, that was, yeah, that was it's just two different things, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just What's yeah. this from from Well, Europe? how it's how it's like the reason in, the reason like, I brought it up like cuz it's my like the way I feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. from time to time in orchestras, you know, like mm-hmm. what like will there be a time for like a young black kid to feel like, "Oh, I'm an orchestra." Like, I'm not a black musician. I'm just one of the other musicians. Like, mm-hmm. is that time ever going to happen, you I know? Mean, you and I, we work really hard, so partly because we do carry responsibility. On some levels, I almost think that's part of being black is having a sense of responsibility for future generations, something that's instilled in us. Uh, so I, uh, we work hard so that won't be the case for those who come after us. But those who came before us also did the same did thing. Did the same, yeah. So, um... That's kind of a truism for everybody, though, you know, too, right? You know, it's like, uh, well, different groups have had very different histories mm. in this country. I'm right. I can only but the leaving the leaving the world a little better place for your kids. Sure, I right? mean, yeah, we right, we all hope for that. Um, at times, I'm optimistic. At times, I'm not. I don't know. I mean. Yeah. You, we're having the same conversation that I'm sure Margaret Bonds and Langston. I know Margaret Bonds right, and right. Hughes. So what were the, what were some of the things that maybe like the little gems that they what were some of those like conclusions that they reached? Because that that to me is a really interesting relationship mm-hmm. because I'm a huge Langston Hughes fan. Yeah. And I lived up in Harlem for a little bit when I first moved to the city. Okay. Um, and you know, so I know his works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm curious what their interaction was like, or what were what were maybe some of the, the things that they talked things about. they talked about the the <laughs> focuses the conclusions? It's in, you know the the letters. Um, I should mention they're mostly one sided. So Langston Hughes was so great at keeping all this correspondence. Right. Know, it's like color coding things. So so when I say oh, okay. the letters, we actually have most of them from her yeah. to him, and not not the other way around. Yeah. So. That's like sort of the aspect. He was very romantic in that way. Um, well, I think she also just, I mean, she didn't keep them. Oh, okay. Right, I mean, he, like, he was very methodical about keeping. Keeping all of his correspondence. Yeah. Writing that letters with other people, and this was also in the Dewey Decimal System of his, wherever he kept them. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> However. Amazing uh, thing to picture. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they talked about um, kind of everything. Uh, I, I, you know, like what one was doing for Christmas. You know, okay. what so and so was doing. Social um, events. But also. And gossip, it sounds like, right? Yeah, some gossip. A little bit of gossip. And, uh. You know, but, but, you know, like, Margaret, or. Margaret? That's all right. We'll call her Margaret. It's easier now. Mrs. Bonds. Yeah. She, um, you know, she would Bond. tell him about different projects that she was working on, or who yeah. came to see her. And she would, you know, oh, I'm working on, you know, this chamber music program that's all black composers, or this black composer came to see me today, and I. You know this, and she, or you know, like I'm thinking about this for this poem of yours. Oh, okay. Um, so there really actually is quite a range about. And they would kind of exchange ideas to, on each other's Yeah, and works. some of them were, were even business oriented. Like, did you? I sent this letter off to so so and so today about possibly having this performed. Can you come? You know. Oh, okay. So yeah, they had quite a multi-layered relationship. And I think. Where do you? Where did you access these letters? Um, so they're. Uh, 
originally at Beinecke, Rare Book, uh, Rare Book and Manuscript Library, which is at Yale. Um, they're also in, they're copied <coughs> the Center for Black Music Research, which is located in Chicago. It's actually where I ended up doing it. But I did also pay a visit to Yale. You said, you said Margaret and Langston Hughes were talking about these same issues, right? And uh, I was watching uh, the story of uh, Hugh Hefner on uh, oh, Amazon. Oh, Playboy, the Playboy documentary. Play, oh, yeah, I said Yeah, and uh, David Eisenberg was on there. And, uh, and uh, uh, he, no, no, we interviewed him, and yeah. it was crazy to see him. Like, oh, my God. But, uh, no, but, uh, no, but uh, yeah, I was watching, because, like, uh, uh, Hef, Hef was, like, uh, big in to those, like, the social justice things, too, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. and I'm watching the same picket signs that they got the protest outside yeah, right now. Yeah, it's weird how you watch those documentaries like, stop, and stop, you're like... Stop police brutality and then... Yeah. yeah. And then a couple weeks ago on my Facebook it's like, stop police brutality, but he's wearing like some skinny jeans, you know? And like, uh, yeah, why do you think the same things are going on? Like, uh, and uh, do you think there's been much of a progression? Like, I think, I can't deny that things have gotten better. Well, Absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, let's let's again, do that. Yeah, what's, what are, what are, how, where have we just progressed even from that documentary which is the Hugh Hefner thing right they're talking about in like the 60s and 70s that's I mean, where I've we seen we went to it. school together so there's one yeah yeah exactly <laughs> right right yeah there's one thing right there <laughs> uh, but where where like the big what are the, like the big advancements so far that you see like just from the 60s because that's the big last civil rights movement that I know of in history as being like that's it right there you know to me to me we've just been working since then to another big movement Wherever you know, that's we try to be, maintain some sort know. of movement. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but where are we going, though, is but my question. On, a, on an artistic level, though, like, yeah. from, like, what they were talking about, like, uh, Langston and, and Margaret. Mm-hmm. Con- like the we're, same. Still, I'm, we're still concerning ourselves with some of the same things. Margaret Bond said she had a, uh, a chamber music group for a little bit that only played black classical composers. Right. There are groups today that are fighting financially and for audiences to do the very same thing and this is 50 years later mm. so uh yes advancements have been made yeah where um i guess where where do you see it in terms of like um are we moving at an accelerated rate or a de- decelerated rate in, in advancing you know, you know what mm. I mean. Like, are we slowing down What's but still advancing, or in terms <laughs> of like black people and orchestras and the way that uh, you see uh, just POCs they're, used they're, in, they're in music and art in professional orchestras? Mm. Is what? Is that There are too far few of us in professional orchestras. Uh, True. That progress is dismal. Um, and you think it's getting more dismal or less dismal as we I, move I'm, forward? I'm not, well, orchestras dying out. Yeah. I, oh, okay. So it's like. You know, we can look at that from multiple ways, but yeah. I'm I'm not going to make uh, any kind of informed assessment of yeah where are things heading. Mm. You know, I'm in it just like the rest of us, so I can't yeah. I can't foresee the future. Um, I've also never played in a professional orchestra, so I can't speak with any kind of authority. Yeah. From personal <clears throat> experience, so. No, I see a lot of orchestras trying, and like, uh, that's better than nothing. 
You know, I, a lot of them doesn't work out. It's just uh, it's just integrity that's most important. Because uh, sometimes I'll show up, I'll be subbing with orchestra, and they got like a little Elsie Stammer program, you know, and like... Uh, a what? Elsie Stammer is like this thing I started in Venezuela where they would like hook up uh, mm. like the poor kids with like instruments and lessons mm. and like really help them out. They changed yeah. a lot of kids' lives out in uh, Venezuela, but they, they try to take that model and bring it to America. But what ends up happening, people start these programs just to pat themselves on the back and be like, yo, uh, yo, yo, I'm, <laughs> I down, love black kids. I'm down to black kids. You know <laughs> and then they put these black kids on these big posters and they don't let them bring the instruments home and they give them like one lesson a week and then they play a concert and then they got the white kids sitting behind them that are fucking just beasting on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And like, and like, and like the pictures that they put up too is like the ashiest pictures. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, so, so I'm, tell, I'm there, I'm there, I'm telling you, I'm there, there. And like, and like, <laughs> And like, and then they talk, and then they turn to the donors. They're like, "Yo, <laughs> yo, they're patting themselves on the back." How many black kids you reach? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, sixty kids. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's just like a, it's like a, a pat on the back contest. And I see no kids getting help. Right. So you say what saying? progress has been made? Yeah, there's a lot of money thrown out for so-called diversity, but so no, money is being but, raised. That's a but, I, but they don't know how to take it out. They don't know how to right. Put an and, I, and something I heard this I've heard this phrase before. Diversity doesn't mean equity, and that's exactly what Chris is talking about. Um, so what do you mean by that? What to unpack that line? That's like it's, a, <clears throat> I don't know what you mean. Having you know multiple races in an orchestra doesn't mean that they're getting equal an equal education perhaps, or opportunities as one another. So I guess that's what I mean. Just yeah. sort of really having this poster. Yeah. It's like a rainbow connection moment. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean that that they're... And, then they, and they had the two little black girls bring out the flowers for the soloist. And they're like, everybody's like, ah! It's like the dumbest shit. It's like... <laughs> and I'll be the only black guy in the orchestra like... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the face just like, damn. You know what? Like, yeah. Maybe I'm just bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just bitter. But, you know, okay, so, I mean, there's, that's, that's, the, that's the situation, I guess, that it looks like we're in now, right? Uh, which is, at best, what they're doing is raising money. But they're just using But they're trying, money. though. Yeah, they're trying. I appreciate but, that. You know? I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Tell somebody or, or or say they're doing this for the wrong reasons. I don't know why anyone's you know. Right. These aren't my programs. So I'll tell you yeah. what it looked like. What does it look, yeah. What does it look like? Yeah. Well, I guess um, I'm curious just um, how this would like fit into I guess back to Margaret now too, is especially like seeing and what what do you think her kind the of book. view? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> her view, her view on um, just how we could advance getting, let's say, just more people of color inside orchestras or artistic mediums, whether that's movies or dance companies, whatever. What, what do you think her would, what do you think her idea would be to, to implement? She, I mean, forward? she taught also a fair yeah. bit. Um, so education. Either through, yeah, either she was, I forget which church in Harlem, she was uh, working at, but uh, she taught you know, prime members, and then when she moved to Los Angeles, she also worked in various kind of community music programs. Um, so she also 
and she got a lot of joy out of that. Yeah. yeah I'm just, just thinking about some of the things that she said. Did it's she ever funny. write, did she ever do any work or anything uh, talking about ways to advance, uh, I guess, um, people of color inside the artistic community for like, jobs? Did she ever make, like, You talk about, like, citizenship. Oh. Ah. Like, cultural citizenship being a thing that was... Yeah, which is a bit, which is broader, I guess, than yeah. what, I mean, like, or rather less specific yeah. than what... That's a very good question. But it seems like that could be an offshoot of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, more, more. I was just looking, you know, like what as someone who studied uh, Margaret. I forget her last name already. Margaret Mar- Bond. Margaret Bond. James Bond. Uh, yeah. Margaret. So, Bonds. as someone who studied her, and uh, and she was obviously working on this part of uh, and focused on this idea mm-hmm. uh, behind social justice, and also working as an artist alongside these other artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, did she ever make any any publications or, or comment on things about ways that uh, people of <coughs> color could advance? themselves or or we, they could mm. fix something inside the the f- things that they were working my, in or with yeah my instinct is to uh, <clears throat> I can't think of anything explicit mm. that she would have said as a, a concrete hero way is to sort of get more of us yeah um, out there but I'm going to do my, my homework now. Uh, right. yeah, because that's a very good question. So she might have right, Stump. Right, right, she, she might, yeah. We'll have you, when you find the thing, we'll have you back on. Yeah, I'm going to ask I, you the same I'm, question. I'm ready to get back to you. <laughs> we may Skype you in if you're, yeah. Yeah, wait, if you're in Cuba. Women's, women's Month is March, right? Yeah. Every month is Women's Month. That's what I'm saying. I can't feel that way. <laughs> yes. Do you have, uh, <laughs> uh, do you have any. Like a gem. Wait, wait, wait! wait. Before Three you drop gems, the gem, like, like, uh, like before you drop the gem on us, uh, like, uh, uh, what's like? Uh, no pressure. No, no, that that your 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 end game, like, uh, yeah. What's your end game? Cause like, uh, the city of New York is like so demanding financially, you know. So yeah, they gotta. Figure out a big play or move the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you can't work forever. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have your money working for you. So what's the end game? Like, what, what can we look forward to, or what, what, what do you look forward to? I mean, like, for your future. Maybe you haven't figured it out. Or what's next? You yeah. Know? I mean, or what's next, even? You know. I am. I you know I think I sort of touched on this earlier. I am sort of. The book. Really sort of no, or just rather. Uh, Actually, thinking, what's the answer? Thinking critically about <laughs> my next moves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm not quite sure what my exact end game is. I do know that it will involve playing. So performing. It's. I mean, like it's. It's. Even if we don't know sort of what the path will look like, because we don't for most of us. Um, I think as long as you can ask yourself. An answer. So you what keep, matters to me? So you what do I need out of life? What is the yeah. sort of thing that runs through me that keeps me going every day? As long as you're doing that, and my, as long as you're staying true to that, yeah, it'll help you a little bit. Before my daddy passed away, before he was even really sick, he would ask me like every day. He would call you. He called. So what's your five-year plan? About the fight. <laughs> five year plans. And then, like, we talk about, I get off the question next time I talk to her, what's your five year plan? 
Like, and I get so mad. Like, yo, stop asking me that question. You know, like, but like, I, do you not keep a five year or like you just living right now in the moment? That's how I live. I'm not hating on that at all. Yeah, I mean, a little bit because because we are in New York. You can. You can. I use the word you, afford too loosely, but you can afford to live in the moment because there are so many things that you can have your eye on. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, there have been a lot of really good opportunities for me here. Um, but I, I do know that three years ago, I would have never imagined a lot of the things that I'm doing now. So I have to stay open to being in the moment, just hmm. sort of letting sort of things happen. And, yeah. And, Yes. Allowing my interest kind of when it's big city piqued by mindset. something, then to to go with it. Um, I, that's important to me. Um, but like I said, as long as it's m- related to music, that's the, that's kind of the one thing that I need to remain constant. Okay, and uh, I have like a few last questions before. Like these are a couple questions when you get a chance to read. These are like small questions. Okay. I've never really seen you with a weave. Yeah, have you ever rocked a weave before? A weave. weave? Yeah. The weave. <laughs> Are you gonna answer? Is that like a typical thing you can ask? No, no, because she's like I've never seen you with a weave, bro. Nah, she's like so natural, like like. We can talk about that. Saying like like because our fashion and style, like saying like I I I, like when I think back, like I never seen it with. I I remember seeing a perm or something. (laughs) Yo, we ain't gotta talk about it. Like, let her talk. Oh man, that's awesome. What's the other question, Chris? I'm just gonna cheat. It's a dumb question. Keep it to yourself. I had it in my head. It's gonna come back to me. All right, we hear it. Then we do have the gems. Oh yeah, and and, and the gem. That was. But we should explain what that means. (laughs) What you want to tell the listeners to keep them going? You know, like or. What's the main thing that, what's that battery? Like a mantra or like a, just something that you've discovered as being helpful. Your own brand of medicine. If there, if there's yeah. just like a product. Drop even, a dose on sick of the anything. <laughs> Drop the dose. Inject them. So that, I guess, I'm, I'm trying to understand. So what do I tell myself? That keeps me going. Nice. Oh, oh, like, yeah, right. oh, what advice? Had, yeah, what what, what advice would you give to people like your student, like to keep up, like to, to, to? No, what do you give yourself though? Oh yeah, yourself. What do you give yourself? Oh, <clears throat> um, it would have been great to prep for this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like there's a lot, a, of, a, lot of, a lot of pressure. Can you put it into like ten words or less? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Do you want to get back to us at a later yeah, date? The gem. What's the gem? <laughs> like, like, what, like, what, like, what's, what are the values that are important to you that keep you going? Like the things, like the perfection. The when you step out the house, I have to look at least it's good. You know and saying like, or saying like, when I play, I have to sound at least it's good. Saying like, my outfit has to look like that. Like, what, what, what? Say what? Are advice. you always that conscious of every single thing that you're doing? I, I do a lot of thought does go into um, what I play, what I perform, what I write, what I whatever my name's on something, um, and that's it. I've actually I haven't thought about this in a long time. I suppose it probably comes from my dad, who's also known as Silver Fox. Um, Let's go ahead. Let's take a pause and go clap. When Silver I was Fox. in middle school, I walked. Out. I was I I've always liked playing with clothes. And so I went through that phase where I was cutting my jeans and, like, doing some pretty weird stuff. And anyways, he said, when you walk out of this house, 
you're a Jackson. You're representing his family. <laughs> and at the time, Your I was... Your pops told you that? Absolutely. God damn. That's good. And so that the shirts always need to be ironed and, you know, you just, you're representing more than just yourself. It's the team. It's good to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And so... So who should we influence then, just in terms of um, um, your character, you know? I mean, we know Margaret Bonds is someone that you were drawn to, you really respect. It's mm-hmm. just like the, uh, not to say that you're, 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 you're pulling from her style or anything like that, but who are, <laughs> who are some of your, now that we just got the, that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're representing something bigger than yourself in the yeah, world. But I don't, I don't mean, I, I, I don't want to be the like, gem right there, though. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah I mean, exactly. That's what I mean. It's not just about, like, my I shirt being like, a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's just whenever my name is on something, exactly. Who are some of those big influences other than Margaret? What's one more? One more like of those like someone you grew up thinking like, oh man, that's my person. Guy, girl, in between. Something. Serena. Yeah, Serena. Jenna you know Jackson. what I mean? Where? Who's who's another one <laughs> other than Margaret? Because Margaret wasn't Aunt, necessarily. Aunt Hopkins. I even didn't even Aunt know Margaret. Beyonce. I, Beyonce was really <laughs> cool. I, I um. She was I guess a freak. Sort of this uh. Intense attention to detail that I, uh, okay. I I do have, I think, probably comes from my mother. Um, All right. She's just extremely meticulous. Nice. And, um, but it's a combination, you know, between, I guess, my parents. Uh, they couldn't be more different than one another, but... You hear that, guys? That's the answer. That's the gem. Find yourself a good wife or a good husband... Saying I raise a good kid, saying you got somebody's gonna be praising you. <laughs> yes, no, gonna be praising you like no, that. No, no, well, you see the success. That's why she's praising. Them. Like, if like you've met those kids before, like I fuck hate my parents. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. Cause right. they ain't about shit. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Totally. She's a, she's about shit, and like she's gonna show respect to the bloodline, to the roots, to the foundation, and I can respect that. You know what I'm saying? And like I, that's how we opened up the whole fucking shit today. Was talking about your parents, you know what I'm saying? And that's how we ended up closing up. What a coinky dink. <laughs> what a coinky you know dink. Saying? Saying? That's a cabinet. That's a, it's all right there for you. Saying, take your dose. But, like, yo, Ashley, what do you want them to find you on social media? Uh, Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, Featherston Harp. Ashley Jackson. Wait, wait, say, wait, wait, say it again. Featherston Harp without an A. You, you might need to spell that for Yeah, F E T H E R S T O N. Harp, it's all one word. Um, and then my website is ashleyjacksonharp.com. With an A. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And this is the MedCab. You can find us at themedcabpod at gmail.com. And on Instagram, it's themedcabpod. At Twitter, it's at themedcab. No pod. All right. <laughs> But yeah. not really like that. <laughs> anyway. No, but uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. Yo, actually, thank you, Ashley Jackson. I was so nervous to ask you. I'm so serious. I, I sent the email and like I like rewrote it, then wrote it, then rewrote it, and wrote it because I couldn't have you like checking for me, you know. <laughs> and then I pressed send, and then like uh, you said yes, and I was so happy. And like I want to thank you for coming out and helping me out with this. You know. And I can't wait to have kids and for my kids to be Auntie Auntie Doctor Jackson. But uh, Auntie Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh yeah, that that is the show. Shout out, yo. 
You guys want to drop some of your IGs and your stuff? You guys are chilling tonight. No, I'm not chilling. You can find me at Tim J. Rob. Uh oh. T I M J A Y R O B. Shout out to my squad. Fall 2017. What's happening now? Okay. I'm just, I'm just Lins. J U S T underscore L I N S. We're about to eat some food and drink some more wine. All right. Thank y'all for coming out. Goodbye. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. That was Action Jackson, Ashley Jackson, the Harper's composer, author, all the above, fashionista. Yeah, great friend of mine. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. There's connections to all her links and handles on the, at the bottom of the page. But yeah, the featured artist for this episode is Alana Roth. She's a public defender in the Bronx. But she's also a painter. And uh, the painting of hers that I chose is called Addiction. It's a whole bunch of uh, cigarette butts, different angles and different shades. But uh, I like the way she brings beauty to such a disgusting habit. But uh, there's also connections to her links and handles. But uh, let me know what you think. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Make Hair Pot. All right, see you next time.